We live in the path of a killer. We live downhill, downstream, down anything. We live in the path of a killer. And it has been around since the dawn of human time. It has been around since the dawn of as far back as anyone can record history. We live in its path, we live in its shadow, and it can demolish cities. You probably can maybe guess where I'm going with this by just what I've been starting to say. It, we, it can demolish cities. It can level towns and burn things around it constantly. Uh, many, many years ago, do a quick bad calculation in my head, um, 20, 40, 40 years ago, 40 years ago, its sister, 1980, 40 years ago, its sister blew. And it's part of a chain that lies in the area of the world, which, we, which I now am, which we now are. And it's part of, well, I'll just say it, Mount Rainier. It's part of the Cascade Volcanic Arch, Arc, the Ring of Fire. And along this whole area of the Western Seaboard, and the western area, this area of the country is the Ring of Fire, all dotted with stratovolcanoes. And the difference between stratovolcanoes and shield volcanoes, I'm sure there's more types than that, but the only two types that I recall and that I know of, there are stratovolcanoes and shield volcanoes. They're called shield volcanoes because that's what they look like. Uh, sitting sitting on the planet or sitting on the earth on the face of the planet they look like a big shield and they're called that's why they're called shield volcanoes and they don't erupt like you like every time you've seen a volcano eruption or heard of a volcano eruption they don't erupt like every aspect you've ever seen they don't erupt that way a shield volcano tends to erupt in little dribs and drabs, little tiny, little kind of tiny flows of lava, kind of just, just running down the side of its slopes towards the water, towards the ocean, or towards the sea, or wherever, just running towards the water. And all volcanoes have what are called lahars, L-A-H-A-R-S, lahars, and they are debris, they are debris and rock and trees and mud and mixed with the lava, and that's what a lahar is, and in a, in a shield volcano, the, the lahars are not very... I mean, they're damaging if, if you're in the path of the lava, 
which when it's in the volcano is called magma. But if you're in the path of the lahar or the, the lava, it's dangerous. Very, very, you can be incinerated in seconds. And a lot of the danger is the lava and the lahar running down the slopes of the, of the volcanoes. And all volcanoes have lahars. It's just with shield volcanoes, they tend to be very slow. They're kind of like slow running rivers. They kind of drip down the sides and run down the sides. And it's dangerous to anything in its path. They will incinerate and destroy anything in its path. But it's not as destructive as a stratovolcano. Now, I haven't really, I don't really study or know why, excuse me. Every so often I get a cough attack and what you just heard is it is that it's gonna happen again <coughs> it's, it's just only allergies and when my allergies hit they hit on full force and it makes it very very uncomfortable and very very unpleasant and it doesn't, it sounds bad. I know you're thinking, it's like I said in the previous, actually the previous episode to this one, it sounds bad. It's not as debilitating. Or damaging as it sounds, but it's unpleasant and inconvenient. And there are times where it just, it, it just won't go away. It keeps, it's a cough attack, like, you know, you get a hiccup attack or a sneeze attack. It's the same thing, only it's coughs. And in this day and age, yes, I get it, how if you cough anywhere, it can be very easily misperceived and very easily misunderstood. Very, very easily. And it's, it's, but anyway, that aside, and I apologize for you all hearing that. The stratovolcanoes that are around this area of the Pacific Northwest, the Pacific, the Pacific Volcanic Arc, and the Ring of Fire. Those, to my knowledge, they're all stratovolcanoes. The ones on the shield volcanoes, give me an example of what a shield volcano is. The shield volcanoes are Olympus Mons on Mars. That's a shield volcano. The Mauna Loa, on Hawaii is the big island of Hawaii is a shield volcano I mean it's active it's currently erupting now the, it is very dangerous and very destructive all volcanoes like I said all volcanoes are very dangerous and very destructive but it's you don't want to get in the path of it but a shield volcano is is less explosive and I guess you could you could argue less damaging than a stratovolcano. The 
stratovolcanoes are, like I said, in the Pacific, in the Pacific Volcanic Arc, in the Ring of Fire. Those are all stratovolcanoes, to my knowledge. Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood, uh, all those volcanoes in the area, those are all, they're all stratovolcanoes. Now, in 1980, when Mount St. Helens erupted, Mount St. Helens was nine, 10,000 feet high and it erupted so violently that it blew out a whole side. I think the north side or the south side of the mountain, it completely destroyed and blew out that whole side of the mountain. And what had happened as, as, as the lava was beginning to erupt, as the lava was coming up through the earth, up towards the vent, towards the volcano, it came up towards, it came up the normal route, it was trying to get out the normal route. And as it was coming up to the normal vent, coming up to the center of the caldera, it, it, there was a blockage in, in the vent. There was a blockage where the lava couldn't erupt. The lava couldn't get out. So it was diverted through another channel that, was, that aimed it towards the side of the mountain. And the blockage in the original vent, in the original, the original outlet, I guess there's another way to say it, because I can't, can't think of the actual right way to say it. Um, the blockage in that vent caused the lava to reroute out the, out, out the thing on the side of the vent on the side of the mountain. And because it exploded with such violence and such force and such strength, it blew out the whole side of the mountain and destroyed the whole side of the mountain. And, I, and I, it actually leveled the whole face of the mountain. And if you look at pictures, current pictures today, if you look at pictures of Mount St. Helens, you'll see pictures where the whole side of the mountain is missing. The whole side of the mountain is, is blown out. And you'll see uh, the inside of the caldera, you'll, you'll see the inside. And I don't know what, I'm not 100% sure what that little, that little clone, the little cone or the little peak in the center of it, it's the new vent, I guess. The new, the new center area of the, of the volcano coming out. And because the damage that occurred on the, in the eruption blasted out the side of the mountain, you can see into the center of the volcano. You can see into where the eruption occurred. And while you can't see the damage and you can't see what had occurred, you can see what you know what the result was and i'm going to sneeze again so this is the thing of, of of recording live you can catch anything and everything that happens and this is why i like to like i said before in a previous episode this is why i like to record live you can you can record life as it is and record everything that goes on i feel like i feel the sneeze you know those sneezes that occur like in the back of your nose and they start to slowly creep up and they kind of irritate the crap out of you until you sneeze. And I don't sneeze once, I repeatedly sneeze, like sneeze, 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 sneeze. Just like I do when I get a cough attack. So I feel the sneeze creeping up behind my nose, just gonna warn everyone who's listening or who does listen. That may happen, along with the cough attack you just heard earlier in the episode. But uh, with with the the pictures of Mount St. Helens, 
you can see the 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 center of the caldera the center of the volcano and you can see that little peak forming and it's really it's it's, it's interesting to look at interesting to see stories and see documentaries and reports of what had happened now mount saint mount rainier is hundreds of feet taller significantly and drastically taller than mount saint helens because i like i said i believe at the time of the eruption or near the time of the eruption mount saint helens was like nine thousand or ten thousand feet or maybe a little bit less than that i think nine thousand now that i think about it and when it erupted it lost hundreds of feet and thousands of feet and now it's it's barely over 8,000 I think Mount Rainier's official height is 14,411 feet above sea level that's how tall it is 14,411 feet it is significantly for those of you who can do the math because I can't it is significantly taller than Mount St. Helens and significantly closer to, to metropolitan areas, much closer. Um, there are places in, I'm gonna mention Maple Valley. There are places like in Maple Valley where you can go to the top of a hill and see clear across, clear across trees and other kinds of development. You can see clear to Mount Rainier and it looks like the mountain is maybe an hour away maybe if you take a helicopter or a small plane maybe it may be 20 minutes to a half an hour maybe it looks like it's that close it's not because because you have to drive there and it's probably like an hour and a half two hours away and there are lodges sunrise and paradise there are lodges and places to stop and take in the mountain but it is significantly taller than Mount St. Helens. And it as well is a stratovolcano. People have repeatedly said that, and I've heard, and I've done a lot of research, that it is an active, is it, it is an active stratovolcano. Which means there has been, there are, there's been evidence of geothermic and earthquake and things going on in the earth below the volcano or below that area of the cascades where the where mount rainier is that have significant have signified to volcanologists and signified to geologists that there's something going on down there now it may not be close to the surface it may not be close enough to mount rainier's peak or mount rainier's surface but it is enough to be damaging and what people have done is that they, they they're monitoring and they're trying to, to keep monitoring and taking measurements and the danger what a lot of people have said the danger of mount rainier is not necessarily the explosion although being that significantly taller taller than mount st helens and it is it is also it's not taller than mount mount Mount, uh, Mount, I don't think it's taller than Mount Whitney or Mount uh, Denali in Alaska. It's definitely not taller than Denali in Alaska, but I, and I don't believe it's taller than Mount Whitney, but I could be wrong. 
it is the most geographically prominent mountain in the contiguous 48 states. Meaning that in the area surrounding it, there's no other peaks and no other hills in the area surrounding it that can come close to it, that can rival it. And like in, in the Himalaya with Mount Everest, Mount Everest you know is there and you can see it. It's not geographically prominent because there are other peaks around it in the Himalayas that come up pretty high. that don't stretch as tall as Mount, as Mount Everest, but that, that extend up very high and don't make it and kind of can shield or block your view. Same thing with K2 in the Karakoram. There's other peaks around it that don't, while they don't extend up as high as K2 does, they can kind of shield your view and it's not as prominent. In the contiguous 48 states, Mount Rainier is the most geographically prominent mountain in the contiguous 48 states. I mean, there's, like I said, there's nothing else around that can even come close to it. Now, if it blows, when it blows, when it erupts, if it erupts, the, the fear is that since it's so much taller than Mount St. Helens, since it's, so, since it's so geographically prominent, if it, glows, if it blows straight up, it will blow ash and debris and volcanic debris and ash so high and so far into the sky that it can cause damage hundreds of miles away. It can cause effects to be felt on the other side of the globe. It's so high up. Where mountains not as tall as it, like, again, I don't know the height of Mount Vesuvius, where mountains as tall as it had that effect worldwide on a global climate, that you can imagine what Mount Rainier would do, what, what, what it could do. And a lot of the fear other than the eruption is that if it has the same eruptive, eruptive power as the same eruption that Mount St. Helens did, where the, the, uh, this is coming up through the center vent, if the center vent is blocked and it blows out the side of the mountain, they don't know where it's going to blow and what direction that will face when it blows off the side of the mountain. And it could cause so much damage throwing the lahar and throwing the, throwing the debris that far out that the lahars could run down the side of such a steep mountain. The lahars could run down the mountain so fast and so far it could destroy everything in its path from here, from it towards Seattle. It could like demolish and incinerate and burn and destroy thousands and thousands of miles of just about everything in in Dimash. And people have wondered if we have enough warning, will we be able to, to evacuate or get out of its path? The question is not so much that, but the question is, can we have enough warning? Can we get enough warning enough far enough ahead of time to be able to get out of its path and the effect that it will have on the on the people in the area and and the and the light the the wildlife in the area can can anyone get enough warning is the warning that that 
you'll be able to provide it with, and the more of it you'll be able to have, is that good enough? Will you be able to survive? Is that significant enough? And I've heard a lot of people say, no, you can't, there, you can't, there's no way you'll be able to survive. And I think if you think about the people in different areas, different areas around the volcano, um, different directions, you can see, you could probably see it erupt and see the lahars and the lava flowing out. You can see it. I don't know that your house or your your town area will be in immediate will be in danger because it won't it may not affect you, but it it'll it'll affect lower lying areas and lower lying areas around it. There's a town near near the base of Mount Rainier National Park called Ashford, and that town will be demolished. They're they're saying there's no way. The, the, it doesn't. It won't matter where the eruption occurs. That town will be demolished because it's so close. And Mount Rainier is in what's called Pierce County, P-I-E-R-C-E. Mount Rainier is in Pierce County. I am in most of. I am most of. The population of Western Washington is in King County, the next county over, and that's where Seattle is. Seattle is in King County, so is Bellevue, also in King County, the next county over. And people have said that when when it erupts, it will cause, like I said, it's, it will cause so much ash and debris so high into the sky that weather around the globe will be affected, and everyone will will feel it. Now, people in the immediate area, the Seattle area, the Western Washington metropolitan area, they'll be greatly affected by, I don't want to say nuclear winter or the effects similar to a nuclear winter, but it, it could be very easily, very similar to that. So, People are trying to people are trying to monitor it. People are trying to volcanologists are trying to monitor what's going on with Mount Rainier, what could be going on with Mount Rainier, and they'll there might be a time where they'll, they'll look up and go, "There she blows," stuff like that, and figure out there she blows. There's the whole thing coming out, and we didn't think the lava would go that way or the lahars it created would go that way. Like I said, lahar is just the mud and snow and ice and everything that's created from the the eruption from the from the melting of the lava and it's the 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 error and the destruction and it would be almost it be an end of the world cataclysmic event to areas immediately surrounding the mountain like Ashford and other towns around the base of the Mount Rainier National Park and the lodges, Paradise and Sunrise, the lodges would be destroyed. They'd be utterly demolished in minutes, I would imagine. I could imagine. And there have been serious, there have been situations and occurrences where people have tried to, not only because like it's a mountain, people have tried to climb it. Everyone has tried to climb. The, the People try to climb mountains. It's an adventure for them. It's thrill seekers, I guess. 
people try to climb mountains it's just what they do and it's it's their it's their thrill their joy they get their they get their they get their kicks from doing that and there have been in just about every peak that i know of while i'm on that topic just about every peak that i know of has has encountered disasters had encountered major disastrous moments dead disastrous occurrences there is a book by Jim Davidson called The Ledge where he talks about a climb that he and his friend Mike Price made when they were climbing up the mountain climbing up Mount Rainier they had, they had summited and they were coming back down and as they were coming back down they had they had sorry as they come back they had, they had made an agreement that that Jim was in the lead and their agreement was if Jim had slipped or something had caused Jim to fall, um, Mike would immediately do his best to dig in or flip and turn around and try to and try to stop and arrest the fall so that he that he would stop Jim from sliding. And apparently the whole situation was that actually happened where Mike slipped and he, and he was sliding towards a crevasse and Jim dug him a uh, Jim. Mike dug himself in and flipped around and tried to dig his ice axe in to arrest the fall, to stop the sliding. And I guess in the situation where he couldn't sorry about that, there was someone walking up behind me, I just didn't hear him, it startled me. Um, he couldn't stop the fall, he couldn't arrest the fall. And Jim kept, he and Jim kept sliding, and they fell into the crevasse. And the way they fell, or how they fell, I guess Jim survived. And the way Mike had landed, and the way he fell on his back, Mike had landed and Mike didn't survive. Mike died. And the, the horrible situation, the horrifying situation, I hate to be Jim or, or Mike, I hate to be Jim to be able to see his one of his his best friend, and see one of his greatest greatest buddies to see that happen. And I can't imagine, even today, I can't imagine how Jim could have ever dealt with something like that. But he had, as he got gathered his bearings, he had heard Mike's voice in his head, urging him to go on and urging him to climb as best as he could to climb back out of the crevasse and climb over the lip and make his way out and climb out and survive. And he, he did, he struggled. I mean, he struggled mightily. There were times, there's a documentary. I can't like how I survived or I can't believe I survived or something like that. I found the documentary when I was looking on YouTube and it's just a story, Jim, Jim and Mike's story about how they climbed. And I don't know how Jim survived, other than hearing, like I said, other than hearing Mike's voice saying, you, you have to go on, you have to continue, you have to survive. And if you ask me, that would be motivation enough. That would be encouragement in it or enough 
to continue on. If my best friend had said, you have to go on, you have to keep moving and surviving and digging in and striving, you have to keep pushing forward to go on and to tell our story and to tell what had happened. You have to keep going on. I would have, you know, I, I agree with that. I would have had a hard, I, I've, I would have had a hard time like Jim did, moving on past Mike and keep continuing on. But I would have, hearing Mike urging me on and hearing saying, you have to keep going. And he did it, he did it. He made it over to the top of the crevasse and he made it, he made it over the lip of the crevasse and he did his best and he succeeded and he survived. And several months, maybe you can read that. You can listen to, watch the documentary, and read the book, and you can figure out how, uh, how many months later, and hear Jim's side of the story, and hear Mike's side, maybe, and hear about what had what had happened, and he made it out, and he went, and he went down to the ranger station, and then he got got went to a hospital, and he got treated, and he used. What, what information he had and what knowledge he had to direct rangers and rescue personnel and, and people back to the site of where the crevasse was and where he had slipped and fallen and where Mike was. And he directed everyone back to that and they, they went back and the rescue team found Mike's body and they found Mike in the crevasse. And they lowered, either they lowered, I don't, I didn't see that the story of how the rescue of Mike's body occurred. But they lowered themselves down and they got down to Mike's body and they secured the body and they brought it back up. And they brought it back to the surface and they escorted it down the mountain and with Jim's blessing and Jim's sadness, obviously. With Jim's blessing and Jim's sadness, they brought it back down the mountain and they buried they buried him, and Mike was buried. And but I can't, I can't imagine how how other than finding Mike's voice and the courage within himself to survive, I can't really imagine how how Jim could have survived that, how could have survived all that. And just the point of all is, is realize what you're in the path of. Well, like I said at the beginning, we are living in the path of a killer and one that will, we don't know when. Like I said, it's an active volcano. We don't know when it will happen. If it happens at all, we don't know. Anything could. So it could wipe out a good portion of this area of the country. And it is significantly taller than anything around it. Significantly taller than Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood. It is significantly taller than anything around it. And it is an amazing thing to even look at. It's, it just takes my breath away just to look at the... And it reminds me of the power of the earth and the strength of the earth. And what we have, what we have around us. That we're not in charge. This planet is. This planet is in charge. We're just living on it. The planet is in charge. And... We fall to it. We fall to what it gives us or what it takes away. So be aware of the volcanoes that you're around. Be aware of what a stratovolcano versus a shield volcano is. Just be aware. 
They're, they're a powerful, wonderful, great, they're amazing things. But know your surroundings. Know, know what's going on. So thank you all for listening. Thank you so, so much, everyone.